Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. Reminding you, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB. Make sure you're listening to all the amazing hosts who are here alongside me from Karina Mustafa to Amy Audebear, Erica Ayala, my longtime friend. You're always getting goodness. You're always getting nutritious, delicious Locked On Women's Basketball. And speaking of nutritious and delicious, Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? I mean, you do if you listen to me. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, my favorite German chocolate, and my mom's favorite, of course, is the salted caramel. Built Bar flavors are delicious, but they're healthy too. 18 grams of protein, no more than 180 calories, four or five grams of net carbs. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie. I don't even know what that is, but I'm going to have to try it. Raspberry, you name it. You just go to BuiltBar, Built.com, and use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-I-N. Locked on, and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, and of course my mom, so you can tell them the track team, or Grandma Myrna sent you. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on some Olympic players and teams I am most excited for, and then I'm going to share Sue Bird's conversation with media after she was the flag bearer at the Olympics. One of my favorite Sue Bird facts Sue Bird is the flag bearer in 2020. United States had Dawn Staley do it back in 2004. Dawn Staley is now, of course, the coach. Dawn retired as a player. Sue Bird playing in 2020. Sue Bird, teammate of Dawn Staley's back in 2004. But don't let U.S. alone blind you to the amazing talent that we have throughout women's basketball at this Olympic Games. I'm just going to take you through. Canada features Kia Nurse, Natalie Achanwa, one of my most favorite players to watch and cover is Bridget Carlton. Does a little bit of everything. And do not sleep on Aaliyah Edwards of UConn. All on the Canadian roster. Very, very interested to see. Jisoo Park playing for Korea, and get the opportunity that she just doesn't get with Bill and Beer. Hopefully she will someday. Very, very interesting Spanish team. Rachel Carrera is the one I'm most excited about seeing in Spain on, on the Spanish national team. Gabby Williams is back in action playing for France, as is Marine Johannes, favorite of friend of the program, Jackie Powell, Japan, very, very talented roster, including, of course, Ramu Tokashiki. She's missing, unfortunately, this time around after ACL surgery. Doesn't matter. 
Japan is still going to be a contender. Team Nigeria, yes, it is disappointing not to see Elizabeth Williams and Neko Agumake play, but Nigeria still has two Agumakes. They've got Shanae. They've got Erica. Erica, terrific guard, played for Rice. Very interested to see her, see them as well. And yes, I know Australia doesn't have Liz Cambage, but goodness, they have a lot of talent on that team, from Stephanie Talbot on down, Rebecca Allen, very, very talented. We're going to get to see Emma Mieseman play for Belgium once more. And maybe as exciting as anything, two, Jasmine Guathme, who I just love. Just this great defensive player, just like a very Pokey Chapman type player. She played for Pokey, of course. Played at JMU. And then China. China's got their height up front. 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and 6'9". That's Han Shu at the five. A very capable stretch five. I am very eager to see how China does. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to women's basketball in the Olympics, you guys. But it was, whatever happens next, a lovely moment with Sue Bird. So let's see what Sue had to say. Always worthwhile. You're listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm Howard Metcalf. All right, um, everybody, thank you for joining us on such short notice. Um, can everybody, hopefully everybody can hear me. Um, we'd like to welcome Sue Bird, one of two flag bearers for the U.S. delegation in just a few hours for opening ceremony. Um, if you've got questions for Sue, please raise your hand and we will get going. Um, we'll start off with Cheryl Coward. Hi, Sue. Um, a lot has been made of, or we've talked about your synergy with Dawn and her being a previous flag bearer, but also your former teammate, Lauren Jackson, had the honor in uh, the London Games. Um, have you had a chance to talk with her about sharing that honor, and um, what, what are your feelings on that in two Seattle Storm players? Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, it's pretty crazy to have two players from Seattle um, be flag bearers for their countries. Uh, Lauren texted me and just said congratulations, said how proud she was. Um, we kind of just chatted a little bit. I do remember when, when she was the flag bearer and I do remember thinking, similar to Dawn, just thinking, um, how incredible that was. So to be sitting here now, um, still, even a couple of days later is, is really mind blowing for me. And Dawn just gave me the best advice possible. You know, she said, listen, the flag's not that heavy. You're going to be fine. So I feel pretty confident. <laughs> Cool. Thanks. Have fun. Doug Feinberg, and then we'll go to CBS. Hey, Sue. Good to see you. Okay. I got two for you. I put my video. I'm in a cab right now. Um, so my question is, or two is, do you practice from carrying a flag? Is there something you can do to prepare for this? Um, and the second one is just, uh, it's not flag related, but 
Coach Hughes is obviously an assistant with you guys now, and you spent a couple years with him in Seattle. What has he meant to women's basketball since obviously he's retired now from coaching? Yeah, I mean, your first question I have no answer for. I don't think there's any preparing. Um, I assume that once both Eddie and I walk in holding those flags, uh, it's going to be pretty emotional, but I'm still looking forward to that. Um, as far as Coach Hughes goes, you know, Dan has been um, just a huge player in, in the game of women's basketball. He's been somebody that has obviously coached, and with that, you're going to develop players. You're going to help players um, develop themselves and, and figure out what they're going to do post-coaching. I know that's some – I'm sorry, post-playing. I know that's something he takes a lot of pride in, just empowering us, allowing us to find ourselves um, and figure things out, like I said, post-playing. And, you know, now he's going to find other ways to stay involved. That was one of the messages he delivered to our team when he left uh, a month or two ago. Just that he's always been involved with basketball and, and it's been coaching for a really long time. But whether it's commentating or maybe maybe he's going to end up coaching his grandkids, who knows? He's going to find a way to stay involved, um, which is a which is a great thing for our game. Thank you. And next we'll go to CBS, and I believe it's uh, Jamie Yakis. Hey Sue, how are you? Hi, good thanks. <laughs> nice to see you. Um, I just I want to know what it's like to, to to be part of the first gender equal Olympics. Uh, you mean a man and a woman holding flags? Or what are we yes, talking? and also it sounds like 49% female participation overall in Tokyo. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not that surprising. You know, I think women, um, we've been holding our own for a very long time. And I think recently, not just recently, but more recently, you've heard us use our voices. Um, I think there's been a select few whose, whose shoulders we stand on, which is how we got here. You know, select few women who have been brave enough in the past um, to use the platform and to push, you know, push the conversations and the narratives forward. Um, and now we're the beneficiaries of that. And so I think it's wonderful news that, that it's a, an equal Olympics. Um, and now it's up to us to keep doing that. You know, that's definitely something that I know our team talks about, um, just continuing to, to fight so the next generation can be the beneficiaries and, and it can be even, even bigger and better for us. Before I let you go, I play basketball. As a point guard, you're known as a leader. Are you carrying that into the opening ceremonies tonight? Um, I mean, I think at this point, I kind of am who I am. I'm a point guard. I'm a leader. I'm a, I don't know. It's all like intertwined in, in who I am as a person. So it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to be with me always. Great. Dan Killian, you're up next. Dan, go ahead and unmute yourself. All right, Ann. Oh, sorry. Sorry about, sorry, sorry about that. Hey, Sue, I'm just wondering if you can give us your early impressions on how different this Olympics is from others that you've been at and, and what you are expecting um, for a very different kind of opening ceremonies. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's been wildly different. Um, you know, we did get to go to the village the other day, which was, which was great. Um, there actually was a sense of normalcy within the village, minus having to put on gloves when you entered the dining hall, having all the, you know, partitions for, for where you, you sat and ate. Um, and, of course, all the other protocols, like hand sanitizer everywhere, um, which is good. I think the village kind of serves as its own little bubble. Uh, but, regard, I mean, outside of that, this has been incredibly different. I know opening ceremonies is going to be incredibly different. One of my favorite memories is when Dawn Staley was the um, flag bearer, and we got to walk in with her right at the front of the entire delegation and hearing the crowd roar 
when they announced the United States. And I know that's going to be different. There's going to be no roaring. It's just us walking in there to, to an empty stadium. Um, in some weird way, I think women's basketball, men's basketball as well, um, from our WNBA, NBA experiences are kind of used to this, you know, bubble-like atmosphere. We did this last summer. And it was really awkward and strange first playing a game with no crowd. And then you kind of get used to it. So I think that's kind of what we're all anticipating and expecting. Um, people always ask, you know, now that as a veteran, what advice am I giving? And the truth is, there's no advice that I know to give because this is unprecedented. This Olympics is like no other. Next, we've got the Olympic channels, Chloe Merrill. Hi, Sue. Um, how significant a moment was it for, to have Diana reveal the news to you in front of everybody? It, it seemed like a really wonderfully intimate moment. Yeah, um, it was. You know, in a lot of ways, um, Diana could be sitting here, not in a lot of ways, in all the ways, Diana could be sitting in this seat right now. You know, someone who easily has, has accomplished enough, has done enough both on and off the court to, to hold this honor. And I feel like our Olympic experiences are so intertwined. We're obviously very good friends, best of friends. We've accomplished a lot on the court, but really these experiences wouldn't be the same. I know for me, it wouldn't be the same without D. So to have her be the one to, to share the news um, made it that much more special. And I feel like I'm representing the both of us as I sit here right now. And she's definitely going to be hopefully right next to me um, as I walk in holding that flag. Because like I said, she deserves it. And um, I don't think I would be sitting here without her. Amazing. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Noah Robertson. Hi, Sue. Um, please excuse any background noise. I'm in the bullpen right now. Um, you know, for the earlier question, it is going to be the most gender equal games that we've ever had. But there's also been some pretty stark reminders, specifically with the Norwegian uh, women's handball team, that the cultural shift that brings true gender equity are, are still in the works. Um, how do you feel about that larger cultural barrier and, and the effort to pass it forward to the next generation, like you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I think it's unfortunate that there's this, you know, process that seems that, you know, we have to go through, which is, you know, someone or a team in the scenario speaks up, they get knocked down, they stand their ground, they potentially get punished only to maybe a year, two years, three, four, sometimes longer. But after a period of time, oh, what do you know? The rule gets reversed. And it always takes that first person or that first team to stand their ground. And I don't know why it has to be that way. If it was up to me, you know, we wouldn't just, quote, do things the way we've always done them. I think being challenged in that way to look at things differently is, is super important. That's how you that's how you create change and, and, and push things forward. But, again, that's just how it is. I think there's a lot of things going on right now within this Olympics that hopefully all the people who have stood their ground are going to create that change. And I just hope it happens sooner than later. And, again, it's unfortunate that – you know, some people have been punished because of it. Uh, speaking of punishment, just a quick follow up to that. Uh, the changes to Rule 50 were obviously pretty prominent in the news earlier this year. I wanted to know if you were on behalf of the women's team, have any thoughts on your approach to that as it heads forward? And, and you obviously are a favorite to medal um, in, in your event. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, what, what stood out to me most about Rule 50 was the fact that no punishment has been made clear. I think that actually speaks volumes because um, it, 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 it comes across a little bit like a, I dare you. 
I dare you to do this and find out what happens. So I don't think any athlete really appreciates that. Um, I understand that we have rules for a reason. It's to, you know, maintain order or whatever you want to call it. But that part is the part that really didn't, didn't sit well with me. Um, I don't know about the rest of the team. If that wasn't something we, we discussed, uh, but that was my, my one takeaway. Um, yeah, that was my one big takeaway. Thanks, yeah. Stephen Lieberman, you're not, you're next. Okay, I'm just, uh, I just want to know, Sue, what's going to be going through your mind with emotions and thoughts and feelings as you're holding that flag and, uh, marching down the, the pathway with, the, with the USA team? Honestly, I, I just want to have fun with it. I think it's a, it's obviously a huge honor and a big moment. And I'm so glad that my team's going to be there with me because um, it, it's only right to kind of celebrate and enjoy it with them. Um, and it's, it's like I said, a huge honor to be asked to, to lead the entire delegation in. So I want to have fun. You know, that's what the Olympics are about. Yes, there are times to be serious. And obviously there are times to focus on, on your mission and why you come here. And I think opening ceremonies is really the one time where you can kind of let loose and enjoy it, um, be around the other athletes, COVID safe, of course. Um, and just kind of soak it all in as to what this all means and, and, and why we're here and the hard work. So I think it's the one time you're definitely going to see a huge smile on my face. Um, generally speaking, I don't get emotional in public anyways. Um, so I, I don't anticipate that in terms of like shedding a tear or that kind of emotion. I think the emotion you see is going to be happiness and excitement. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hannah Kaiser, you're next. Hey, Sue, so you mentioned the sort of lack of fans that there'll be at the opening ceremonies. I'm curious if you intend to sort of cheer on the other delegations, if you think you'll sort of hear each other and what, what that might be like. Yeah, um, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I, I don't really even know yet. Here we are a couple hours away, and I don't really even know, like, where we're going to be, you know, held until it's our time to go in, um, if we'll have a chance to see anything, see other countries as they're announced. I really don't know. Um, so yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. I can let you know after. <laughs> That's fine. Enjoy it. Thank you. Do we have any more questions for flag bearer Sue Bird? Seeing none, Sue, if you'd like to make any final closing comment before you go out and wave, the floor is yours. No, I mean, I hope Don didn't lie to me and I hope the flag is light. Wish, wish me luck. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sue. Thank and you. thanks everyone for the short notice and for jumping on.